This is Philip and Truett from the band Briscoe. And you are listening to No Good Music. Seen many things, nothing quite like that girl. Though I'm foolish, I'm foolish for you. It's not a thing I wouldn't do. I have two special guests with me today. They're from the Austin, Texas band Briscoe, and their new album, West of It All, comes out on September 15th. And let's all welcome to No Good Music, and hopefully I don't butcher your names, Truant, Henselman, and Philip Loopton. Is that correct? <laughs> Is it We're close. Pretty close. Pretty close. We got okay. Club. Lupton by technicality and okay. Heinzelman. But okay. Crazy last name. So don't, don't. So, Philip, you're wearing the red hat. That's right. Okay. okay. Just so, uh, because you guys look alike. You look like you could be brothers. Might as well be. You look just. How alike, long have yeah. you guys known each other? We've known each other now for close to 10 years, maybe more. We met um, when you were summer like tw- camp. 12. Right, something like that. A long time ago. Yeah, uh, it's been a while. It's been long enough to just kind of morph into one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What time is it there? It's around seven o'clock here. Yeah, six six fifteen. Oh, okay. Okay. An hour. Hour behind you. Where are you? I'm in New Jersey, Washington, New Wonderful. Jersey. Yeah. So before we talk about the new album, which we're going to talk about. I wanted to talk about a show that you guys did. You're probably going to know what I'm going to talk about. And it was on, uh, when was it? September 1st at the Gorge Amphitheater in Washington State. You guys got to open for the Dave Matthews Band. I mean, it had to be surreal. I know you guys have played big festivals before, but some of those festivals, they, um, they'll have a main stage and then smaller stages. So I don't know if you've ever played like a big stage like that before. We've uh, we've been fortunate to play a couple of those bigger stages at festivals, but this was a whole whole ball game. I mean, the Gorge Amphitheater in Washington is just crazy, mm-hmm. so so big, um, and it really, I mean, the whole whole Labor Day weekend, um, as I'm sure you know, Dave does his you know three shows there oh, at yeah. the Gorge. We call it Labor Dave weekend. Um <laughs> and it's basically just a festival out there for one band. Um mm-hmm. I mean it's crazy. You know, twenty eight thousand capacity and he's selling it out three nights in a row. Mm-hmm. Um a bunch of different openers and we were very, very fortunate to get to be one of them. Uh we got to open on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, which was just such a cool experience. Um Dave Matthews was one of the first artists that my dad showed me um okay and i you know my brother and i quickly became big fans and and grew up listening to his music and um the thought of you know being involved with him musically is Mm -hmm. just not even something that crossed my mind so 
just such a cool weekend, such a fun place. Um, and it was really sweet to to share with our band and loved ones. Yeah, I saw the video of him introducing your band. And he mentioned um, he has, he's part of a record company. Now, is that the record company that you're on? The record label? Is that, like, how that did is. this, how, how did this come about? That you got to be one of the bands opening? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I don't know. So he is the founder, him and his manager, uh, uh, I think like about 20 years ago, founded ATO Records, which we are signed mm-hmm. to. Um, so he was familiar with us, with our music, wishful thinking. He liked our music. Okay. He used to like. Mm-hmm. So uh, our, you know, our, our management, I'm sure, kind of pitched for that weekend. And um you know, Dave threw us a bone, so we bit down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but was this the largest crowd you played to? You think? I think so. It was. It was certainly in contention. It's just. It's hard. It was hard to gauge because it's just such a large, like such mm-hmm. a physically large space, and so people were spread out. You know, the top. It feels like the lawn at the gorge is like two miles away <laughs> from the actual stage. Yeah. So. Um, so it was hard to gauge, but I bet it was if it it had to be our biggest crowd we've ever played for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wore my Dave shirt, you know, tonight. But that's, oh, I saw that. I've seen him eleven times, but I haven't I haven't seen him recently. Dang, a friend of mine is. is in the warehouse, whatever that club is. Um, he he's gotten his tickets upgraded to front row, and I swear he's probably seen him a hundred times. I saw him two nights in a row the one time and it was in, uh, in Camden and he didn't do, you know, a lot of band, the more popular bands, they have their hit songs and people want to hear those. You know, I'm a big cheap trick fan. So they got to do, you know, their two big hit songs or three songs, but both nights he didn't, uh, play the same song both nights. Like it was two different sets. Didn't, uh, you know, repeat a song, you know, he's got a huge catalog. So. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And he's also, I mean, that the band is just so it's such a spectacle, you know, like every mm-hmm. single member of that band yeah. is one of the best musicians in the world. And they're all so uniquely weird and just have their own personalities and own stage presence. And so like even, yeah our you know bandmates and friends and family that weren't didn't necessarily know dave's music all that well um just had a blast watching them because then mm-hmm. you know it's just fun to watch they're really really good at what they did, do did you have any family members there that came i know it was in washington we, so. yeah my as soon as we found out the first i did was was give my dad a call and let wow. him know and within the hour my dad and my uncle had bought Plane tickets and nice tickets to come watch. So. That had to be incredible for your dad because if your dad's a huge and then you know your son's band is <laughs> opening, that had it, to be great. It was, it was, yeah. What what kind of um like in your set list? Do you play all original songs? Do you do any cover cover songs like that night? Uh, you, yeah. You... So we had a forty five minute set and we did one cover. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's right. Um, you know, with an audience like that, if we're doing uh, a 45 minute set, I think mm, the majority of the people listening to us have never heard us before. So I think it's fun yeah. to give them something familiar. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I think a lot of our original stuff live is pretty fun too. So I think the mm-hmm. cover just kind of adds to the energy of the set and gives them something to hang on to if they don't mm-hmm. know any of our music. Did you get to meet any of them afterwards or hang out with them? We did. Yeah, we got to, uh, we talked to Dave before the set. Um, and then we got to really talk with, with his drummer Carter yeah. um, for a while afterwards, which was a treat. And our drummer um, is just a big Carter fan. Um, mm-hmm. Carter is probably the single biggest inspiration uh, to our drummer. And so that was a really cool moment to to get to watch mm-hmm. him, the musicians that he looks up to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just so kind to us and had really sweet things to say and was just, just very grateful to us. And it was really cool to see, you know, a musician who's been doing it for 30 years and who was just so excited about, you know, playing mm-hmm. music still and excited about hearing new bands and just yeah. was just so, so it, it's really cool to see that. Cause, you know, you hear those, we honestly haven't really had any bad experiences with, with meeting people like that. We hear those horror stories of musicians mm-hmm. who are not so nice in person. And, it depends and, on who it is, but you know, sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. but even with the podcast, I listen to new, new music all the time. I seek out, I have Apple music. I go on there every Friday to see what new albums and, uh, you know, I don't like hip hop or rap or, but, and there's a couple playlists on there. They have alternative and, and I think I found you guys because of your publicist, because I was trying to get someone else, but she sent me your yeah. press, like your press release. I listened to your new album and uh, there were only two, I listened to all of it now, but before I got the album, you know, it was the well and sparrows I listened to. So before we get a new new album, uh, the name Briscoe, can you tell me anything about that name or if you had any other names in mind that you obviously didn't use? Yeah. So Briscoe is, was my grandfather's middle name on my dad's okay. side of the family. Uh, I never actually met him, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a family name that goes back further than that and actually has uh been used since then as my cousin's name um and it was almost my name briscoe was so i've always i've always loved the name i always kind of wish i was named briscoe and Mm -hmm. uh when i started the band when i was high school as a uh outlet for my songwriting at the time and thought it would be a great name for a band so i uh just kind of instead of releasing stuff under my name, release stuff under Briscoe and uh, ended up loving it. And I'm mm-hmm. super glad I did. I think it fits a duo. Well, I think mm-hmm. it fits, you know, this, the stage presence that we have really well. So yeah, that's, that's the story of Briscoe. And it's great that it means something to you, you know, that because some bands, they just come up with 10 different names. They pick one and really <laughs> no meaning. Yeah. So the new album, West of It All, great title. This is your first full-length album. You have an EP out, which came out in 2020. Now, when I listened to it, I I heard a little... Tell me if I'm... I mean, I might be wrong. I heard, like, Lumineers, Mumford & Sons. Like, what bands or singers influence you and your songwriting? You know, maybe maybe not as popular bands as those. Maybe you have some bands that you've followed 
you know, because my son never listened to the music I listened to. And I'm I'm 57, so. And uh, he got into rap and hip-hop and stuff I don't like. But I'm more into the, when I was a kid, Led Zeppelin and Cheap Trick. and uh, But I like Frank Sinatra and all that. But so what bands do you guys, when, when you were growing up, or what bands did you listen to? What bands influence you in your in your music so some of our favorites kind of span like our golden age of music is like the late 1960s through the 70s so oh okay just, wow everything in there is just money guys like you know john prime and paul simon mm-hmm. and james taylor um you know singer songwriters but you know also bands like the eagles guys like jackson brown um, mm-hmm. um, we just love a lot um and then today there's, you know, plenty of musicians that we um, still love and look up to, um, such as like the Avery Brothers or like the Lumineers, mm-hmm. you said, um, or bands like Camp that, you know, are just are kind of doing the, the folk thing these days. Um, and so we try to kind of, you know, those are our influences. And I think it kind of makes for a fun little blend of um, new folk that has, is reminiscent of those older songwriters that we love. That's great. I, I mean, and obviously you're probably not thinking in the heavy metal, maybe, or <laughs> you're more of the like folksy kind of, yeah, with James Taylor. And yeah, that's great. So the album, uh, where was the album recorded? You didn't record, you recorded in North Carolina, I think I read. Is that true? Yeah. So we worked with a producer named Brad Cook, mm-hmm. lives in North Carolina. And so while we were finishing school, we would we took a few weekend trips up to Durham, got to know Brad uh, and then decided to cut the record with him. Ended up doing it in a a studio outside of Durham, North Carolina, a little called Hillsboro. Um, The name of the studio was Sonart Media. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, And yeah, got to do Mm -hmm. it with Brad and just had. Yeah, and he experience. he worked with uh, Nathaniel Radcliffe and the Night Sweats, and probably yeah. some other bands. But what did he bring to your songs? Like, what did he, as a producer? I know you did an EP. You probably I don't know where you recorded that, but this was probably the first time maybe you worked with a a producer that's worked with you know. I mean, Nathaniel Radcliffe's pretty popular, but uh, yeah. So did he yeah. give you any good advice? Did he let you do for your sure. own thing? It was, a, it was a combination um, for, for sure. And yeah, it was our, the, the other stuff, the EP that we had done was relatively self-produced. Uh, I mean, we worked with some audio engineers that, you know, advised us. It was pretty much self-produced by the two of us. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, working with Brad was just a whole different ballgame. Um, he's worked with bands like um like you mentioned um others such as like bon Iver, hound mouth just to name a few and so it's a whole just a whole different ball game is really young artists to work with such a seasoned producer um and so i think right off the bat and especially once we got to know him we valued his opinion a lot um and for sure wanted to listen to what he had to say um, mm. and there were certainly times where we disagreed creatively yeah um, and it was really cool to be able to talk through why we disagreed and, you know, kind of work. And we had the, we had mm-hmm. the same goal and, and 
and we're able to, you know, work through those. And so it was just such a, such a cool experience. And Brad has become such a good friend, but he brought the songs to life in a big way. We kind of, we came with, you know, 12 or 13 songs that were all pretty raw and uh, mm-hmm. had ideas for a few of them, but just didn't. A lot of our songs are just written on a guitar, like you know, yeah. singer songwriter stuff. Mm-hmm. So translating that to a full production context can, you know, can take a lot of changes as it takes form. And so Brad was super helpful in that. They brought it to life. Yeah. Exactly. And the biggest sort of advice I'd say is that like the one of, there's one time where we were, you know, listening back to a track and Philip and I were really loving the way that it turned out. And I turned to him and I don't remember which band I said, but I said, oh, dude, that sounds really cool. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. maybe said it's kind of, camp-esque or it's Lumineers-esque or whatever. <laughs> and Brad was quickly like, man, stop it. It's not yeah. the Lumineers. It's not. That sounds like Briscoe. And yeah. and so and I think that kind of sums it up. He just helped us kind of create this this individual. Yeah, I wasn't. And I wasn't trying to compare you to them or that, you know, but, oh, you know, no, when no people are listening to the podcast, you know, they want to get a, a feel for we're we're absolutely honored to be compared to bands like lumineers yeah um, and mumford and sons i mean Mm -hmm. arguably the two biggest folk bands of all time (laughs) yes now the band that you used in the studio is that your band that you tour with are those friends of yours or did they bring in other musicians for the album so the band that we did the record with in durham uh, the musicians that we did the record with are not who we tour with. We've mm-hmm. uh, been playing live with the same guys for a couple of years now. Uh, but in working with Brad, kind of stripped back our sound completely to just mm-hmm. how we wrote the song. And then filled that in with a drummer that lives in Durham, North Carolina, with Brad named Matt McCon of... Uh, he plays with Boney there. And then um, Brad is a hill bass player. So he did all the bass on the record. And then uh, Brad's brother, Phil Cook, uh, filled in. True, between True and I, we did a rhythm guitar, acoustic electric, banjo, keys. Focus stuff. And yeah, all the vocals. And then Phil kind of filled in and saturated the record with some cool banjo parts, slide guitar, dobro, harmonica, double synth things, organ things. Phil Cook is just a beast, a crazy, talented <laughs> musician. Great feel. Yeah. So he was mm-hmm. able to really find a lot of these. Yeah. These whole- and they all are, honestly, too. And like, yeah. in the, like, the record was tracked. It was pretty much, you know, the two of us playing whatever instrument and singing. And then Matt McCon on the drums. Uh, like, we tracked all that live. And Matt, McCon is just, I mean, he's brilliant. He's such a wonderful drummer and a brilliant uh, studio musician as well. I mean, he was just, I mean, these are songs that he's you know, never heard and he listens through one time. We're like, hey, we're thinking this, this, whatever, you know, lays it down in one to two times. Yeah. Wow. It's like, wow. <laughs> it, was, it was a wonderful experience. Now, do you alternate vocals? Because when I, like I said, when I listen to the first songs, like The Well, it starts with banjo, but then that, that voice, I don't know which one of you is, is singing the well, that voice stood out. And then, but then Sparrows, um, 
because I noticed there was two different. It sounded like a different voice, and that's the only two yeah. songs I had to listen to the first time. So yeah, but you you two together, your harmonies on on the uh, sparrow is great. Not a word was spoken, but I think we both agree. Yeah, I think we both agree. So if you've nothing left to say, then don't say nothing. And if you've nothing left to give, then I believe. I just can't seem to give you something to believe in. 'Cause heaven knows you never did. Thank but, you. But I, I have three songs that stood out to me, and I was wondering if you could tell me anything about them, or if there's a song or two on the album that has a a story. I'm sure they all have stories behind them. But so there's a song called um, "Now We Say It in New Jersey Coyotes," and you say it coyote, right? Coyote. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we have coyotes. <laughs> here in new jersey like where i live yeah and um so the other song was wild thing and now, now this song reminded me i think it was the chord progression reminded me of the wallflowers one headlight do you know that song yeah it kind of reminded me of that and then yeah. scattered mind oh, i think that's good. a beautiful song great harmonies on that on that song so Thank i don't know if, there, so if there's a song or two that you could tell me about from the album or or one of those three like scattered mind is this about a certain girl and <laughs> like are some people write songs that aren't specifically about they're they're kind of fictional but yeah yeah scattered mind i wrote that one um and it is inspired by uh, my relationship with my now fiance come on oh, okay um <laughs> a lot of those specific references are specific to her but like you're saying a lot of general theme um mm -hmm. is just song that you know you could write about somebody or not but it was fun to kind of incorporate some of these little uh lyrical references um to our relationship yeah and then kaya do you have um, do you have you have coyotes where you, where you are, I assume. <laughs> yeah, down down in Texas with with the drama they call them coyotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There there's uh, quite a few coyotes, coyotes uh, all around. It's actually so mm -hmm. funny. My my family lives on a little bit of land, and uh, there's they're surrounded by. Uh, goats sheep and goats and uh ranchers obviously and these ranchers kill they predator hunt constantly yeah. to mm -hmm. keep the coyotes down so they don't kill their sheep so i don't have hardly any coyotes out where i live but i'll go stay with uh my fiance's family who lives in dallas like dallas mm -hmm. proper they have a creek behind their house and it's like every night it's just mm -hmm. coyotes howling mm -hmm. no matter what it's <laughs> yeah. funny that uh 
Well, a coyote is a survivor. So it's <laughs> yeah. funny that uh, there's a Coulter, Coulter Wall song off of his new album called The Coyote and the Cowboy. And he talks about how, like Phil just said, the coyote is a survivor. Talks about how he lives in the snow and 40 below and in mm-hmm. Malibu by the sea. Yeah. Um, everywhere. I just like the lyrics in that song because I think it talks about sitting by the fire watching the coyotes, I don't know the exact lyrics, you know, run, run by and nice visual. Cause some people sit outside, they'll be drinking or listen to music or, but you're just watching the coyotes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. And I like how it is able to kind of paint a picture in your head and kind of set the, set the scene, set the setting. Tell you about the way it feels to love a land that you know so well. The one so bad that it hurts like hell. It's the kind of love you can only find when you lose yourself and you lose your pride and you pick up all the little things to put together something great. Something great. But hey, baby, we're here tonight. Let's sit outside by the firelight. Listen to the coyotes howl our names into the night. Hey, baby, we'll never die. Forever young, it's you and I. Let's listen to the coyotes howl our names. That's actually, today is Monday, September 11th. Yeah. And Coyotes is going to release as a school tonight at midnight. Oh, okay. We haven't, but that'll be out here real soon. Yeah, the podcast will be out Saturday. Sweet, so, so it'll be out. But your there, album but will be, I think your album comes out Friday, right? 15th. Yeah. Album will be out as well. Any, anything you want to say about the album or, you know, other than what we just talked about? I, I love it because it's, it's, all the songs are, they're a little bit different than each other. And uh, lyrically, I love it because I listen to a lot of music and that's to like an album, you want it to be musically great which yours is and lyrically yeah my friend and i we just did a podcast on the four kiss solo albums you know kiss and i always thought ace freely's album it was it was i think good that was my favorite but lyrically it was it was awful you know and a lot of the kiss songs like i said i listened to your album a couple times just the other day and uh So you have a website, uh, briscoetheband.com. Do you have this, um, is this coming out on vinyl or CD, uh, any physical? Yeah, we're doing both vinyl and CD um, available uh, either at a show or on our website. Yeah, you can find tour dates and merchandise and information or mm-hmm. songs to listen to uh, briscoetheband.com. And you're on tour till I saw the end of October. You got a lot of shows coming up. And one, one's in Philly, which I've always wanted to go there, World Cafe Live. There's a, there's a place you guys should play. Uh, it's in Pennsylvania. It's Sellersville Theater. It only it seats about maybe 300, maybe 300, 400. Sellersville, Pennsylvania? Yeah. Wonderful. It's near Quakertown. It's not too far from Philly. But I don't know if you have to contact the venue. Like, I don't know how that works with when you get shows. I guess your manager sets up the the places. Yeah, a lot of it a lot of it comes from management and all that good stuff. But yeah, yeah. we uh yeah, we I mean that sounds great. We love Is it your first big 
is this your first tour? Like, when you put the EP out, did you mostly play shows locally or? Yeah, so when we put the EP out, we so we just graduated from the University of Texas. And um, so all the music we've released prior has been either has been while we were in college, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the shows there were, you know, started off as backyard shows and all that yeah. good stuff. And then you couldn't out. travel, I guess, too much. Yeah. You couldn't travel too much. Yeah. Okay. Last, our last year of school, we started traveling more. But now that we're graduated, we're hitting the road. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be fun time, though so. that should be f- yeah you have a van oh, yeah. you have a like <laughs> pack everything we in the van like, old transit van that we're throwing okay. our merch and our instruments and our good attitudes in and we're gonna mm-hmm. okay. we're gonna hit the road is there anything else you want to say about the album or um we're just excited to get it out there and give folks a chance to listen to what we've you know put so much work into and hopefully mm-hmm. uh y'all love it and if you do or you don't you should come see us on tour mm-hmm. and we'll see you out there yeah if you don't like it, you should buy a ticket to our show and tell us how much you don't like it after the show yeah <laughs> so thank you thank you guys had a good time yeah, talking. Thank you. we appreciate yeah, it man, thank you and i wish you we good luck it. on the tour I don't know if I'll get to Philly. If I do, I'll try to, I'll say hi to you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah bye. That'd be awesome. Okay. Thanks, man. Have a good Thanks. night. Good. See you. Scattered papers on the floor From the days and weeks before Scattered pages, scattered thoughts Scattered mind Sat my coat down on the chair I heard her walking up the stairs So I got up Set her coat down next to mine She's the queen of moving slow When it's ten past time to go Never hurry, she's the queen of moving slow When the day's all but done We'll go lay out in the sun Not a worry, when the day's all You've been listening to No Good Music. Today's interview was produced and edited by Rob J. Lilly and recorded via Zoom at the Did You Say 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find No Good Music on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, and almost anywhere you listen to podcasts. The song's Wild Thing, Sparrows, Coyotes, and Scattered Mind. Used with permission from All Eyes Media.